Welcome to the More Than Models podcast. Your host is Andreas, the founder of modelmanagement.com. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Welcome to More Than Models. In this podcast, I talk with models, influencers, photographers, directors, with managers of brands, advertising agencies, and model agencies. And we look behind the scenes of the world's fastest growing modeling platform, modelmanagement.com. My guests and I discuss a wide range of topics such as diversity, dealing with rejection, work-life balance, and how technology is changing this industry to become safer and more transparent. Each conversation is packed with insights into this amazing modeling world. And I hope you will enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoy making it. It sound right, boy. Welcome to another episode of More Than Models. Today, I have the pleasure to have a guest, a very special guest, a makeup artist and hairstylist. Her name is Nika Amrodzic. I hope I said it right. She's <laughs> from Slovenia, lives in Barcelona right now since five years, I think. And um, yeah, she has a lot to talk about in her professional career. She also has experience in the podcast. She does her own podcast. She participated in a podcast called Makeup Coaching with Susana or Con Susana because it's Spanish. And there's many more stories to tell. Welcome, Nika. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. So am I, and I'm super curious about this podcast with a podcaster. Mm. So maybe I should be nervous now. <laughs> Normally <laughs> no. my guests are nervous, um, <laughs> even though I'm not a super top professional podcaster, but I have some experience. But now I'm talking to somebody who maybe has more experience than me. I don't know. <laughs> and your English is really good. I mean, I'm German, you're Slovenian. We try our best. I hope that's, that's fine. Nika, so probably the first question that everybody would ask, uh, how, how is it, how comes that somebody decides in his life a woman, a girl, who probably did some makeup in the mirror to go out the first night or her mother showed her how to 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 use a lipstick or whatever. Mm. And then suddenly the moment said, this is exactly what I want to do. And not only with myself, I want to do it for, for, for other probably pretty girls or not pretty girls, whatever, girls, women, men, I don't know. Mm. So how, how did this start? Um, so I came to the makeup game pretty late, actually. I was about uh, 18, 19 when I started to realize that makeup is something that I'm interested in. That's late? That, I feel like that's late because a lot of people say like, oh, I played with makeup when I was a little kid. Um, I have a very strong memory of my grandmother putting on her lipstick, but my I come from a family of tomboys like lots of my mom and my sisters were all very non-feminine if you would say so makeup was not a big thing but I remember being at a friend's house and I saw this book by a very famous makeup artist called Kevin Aquan and it was these transformations of um, actresses into famous people and it just blew my mind I saw that book and I was like this is it. I don't know what it is, but this is something that is going to be a big part of my life. So that's how it started, really. Wow. So it was 18, 19. I think that's that's realistic. And I think that's still early. I mean, kids who play around with makeup, 
maybe they will think I want to be a makeup artist, but that's not so serious. Hmm. And uh, so you took the decision really at 18, 19, then you just started or just like, okay, I have it in mind whenever I get the chance? Hmm. It was more in the back of my mind. So it started off with, I grew up with the YouTube tutorial kind of generation. So I would watch all of these um, makeup gurus on YouTube and I thought they were so cool. And you know, the quality back then was so bad. Everything was super grainy, but <laughs> I thought they were amazing. So I remember by buying these um, cheap palettes. I'm sure that all of makeup artists at one point had them that had like 180 colors, like 17 shades of green. Whoever needs 17 shades of green, I don't know. <laughs> um, and I did a smoky eye on my sister. One was purple and one was green. And I thought I was the shit. It was amazing. I was super excited. And then it actually took me like a long time. I didn't go into education until I was 23, 24. So it, I, I took my time. I really took my time. I didn't know it was a career that was possible. Yeah, you mentioned something that made me laugh because of the 17 shades of green. Um, mm. I think that's for all the professions in this industry and probably also in other industries. I see photographers coming with 10, 20 different kind of light sets and uh, whatever camera equipment. And they use only 10% of it. And mm -hmm. you say the, the makeup artist. I mean, at the end, it's also a big show. I mean, it's like... Mm. And it's, it's, of course, if you're super professional, you might need it, but it's really cool to have it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's part of the game, isn't it? Yeah. It, I always say that makeup artists are performers. Everyone who enters into a set, you're also performing the way that you set up, the way that you dress yourself. You are in a role. So it's important to give a good presentation to the client. And sometimes that means hauling way more stuff than you need. Absolutely. It makes you super professional if you have like a, if you have, need a big table <laughs> or your makeup uh, equipment or come with a suitcase, super professional. Yeah. That's all. It all matters again in uh, in photography. Uh, it's it's quite similar. And believe it or not, when digital cameras started, hmm. it's a topic that uh, photographers who were used to have these big big cameras, you know, like and and all the equipment around it, suddenly they had like a small camera who could do the same. Hmm. They would not use it because they lose authority. Yeah. And they lose credibility in the shooting towards the models, the clients, whatever. Hmm. I guess it's something similar. Yeah, because what happens is that a client has a certain perspective. They think that if you have all the things, you're the best makeup artist. And I think it's the same if like if you have all of um, really expensive brands, you will do a great job, even though maybe you could do an amazing makeup with like the cheapest brands, right? So it's about perception a lot. You need to understand what the client sees because um, they're not professional and they have ideas that are different from ours. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what a really good makeup artist or hairstylist, we come to this later, uh, the difference makes is that even with a very limited equipment, you can do a great job. And, and I think that would Uh, what's the formula that made you successful? Absolutely. Because you don't have always the full equipment with you. Oh, no, no, because it's impossible. I work in Barcelona and I have to haul a suitcase with me. And because I work on location, uh, it's it's really not realistic to have a 40 kilogram suitcase because you would throw out your back in a matter of months. So, yeah, you have to know what to choose and pick and how to mix the project, uh, the products in between them to get whatever you need. Yeah. Okay, but as we are also educational, I think, uh, and our audience is, is probably not the, the biggest audience here is, is models or people who want to be a model. Um, I think in this industry, again, as in many others, uh, it's a bit of show always. It's like selling yourself. It's like building your own brand. So, yes, it's good if you have your big makeup set and if you come as a model. I think it's also good to have a, to come with an attitude and have a brand. Where you say, wow, look at her or whatever. Um, 
but then in the moment when it comes to a professional job and request you, you have to know your stuff i don't want to mm -hmm. the other use the other word with mm -hmm. sh <laughs> mm -hmm. right you have to really know what you do yeah yeah you need to you need to really understand your job and um it takes time and it takes a lot a lot of education and a lot of um practice to get to a very high level yeah and here you are uh, how many years now are you practicing or working as a makeup artist and so stylist so i think i would say about six years in total that I am full makeup artist. I dabbled in it before, but yeah, six years full time. Okay, and you do, what kind of jobs do you do? Um, <coughs> you do, I, I saw that, I mean, the, the creme de la creme of, hmm. the, of the makeup artist is probably beauty campaigns mm -hmm. uh, for, for beauty brands. Did you do any like beauty brand that we know? Yeah, so I did one that's a Spanish brand um, recently that's called Sensilis. Um, so it's a uh, it's a big brand here. I've worked with them and it was incredible. I've also assisted on other artist campaigns that were makeup related, but obviously that's not my client, so I can't say those names. Yeah. Um, but it is it is kind of the creme of the creme. That means for yeah. makeup, this is like the dream. You come in and you have you get probably the best equipment you can yeah. imagine or more. Yeah. And you have a lot of specialists from the brand looking at exactly what you do, and oh. they learn from you probably as well. No, they want to yeah. know from you like. How, how do you use our product? Mm -hmm, absolutely. So for me, the there are kind of two ways that you can go when it comes to beauty campaigns. You can go into makeup or you can go into cosmetics. So with cosmetics, it's a very different thing. And if anyone has ever done a cosmetic um, kind of campaign, they know it's about applying 20, 30 cosmetic products to the face in one day. And that can be really stressful for the skin. So you need to understand the biology of skin. You need to understand the products that you carry. You need to understand ingredients. While on the other side, you have the makeup side, which is more about understanding trends, understanding shapes, um, understanding textures. So it's, it, it really depends on what you do, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's a very it's a very demanding thing because the focus is on the face. So there is really no room for error, especially these days because it's done video and photo. Photos can be more easily retouched, um, while video is much more complicated. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine that's uh, it's quite a challenge. I will say that on the days I do beauty, I do not breathe. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah? Yeah. You, sleep, you sleep bad in the night before oh, because you're yeah. kind of nervous? It's, it, it is high, high power, high anxiety, but it's high reward. Is it well paid? Or is yeah. it more like you want to have it on your on your client list? Uh, it's it's high paid, but I think more than that, it's uh, if you really enjoy that type of work, it's really rewarding. Yeah. So uh, as we are more than models, and probably you know that this is a podcast um, that is a lot around the modeling industry. Hmm. Uh, maybe you can explain us with this specific job, how much you are involved in selecting the model, um, how important it is for you to have a good model to make your job hmm. properly and what makes it, I mean, what is the criteria that you can say as a makeup artist, not the client, wow, that was really cool, this model hmm. Was, was my favorite. She worked really well. Or he, I mean, probably worked more with women. Mm, yeah. Beauty campaigns. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to the selection of models, I have to say that in photography, usually there are smaller teams, so you would have more say. When it comes to video, if it's like a commercial, you don't really have a say, so you just work with what you have. Um, 
again, it depends on what kind of project it is. But the first thing that I think is really key is the model skin. For me, skin makes all the difference when it comes to the physical aspect. So somebody who takes great care of their skin, we know, we see it. The moment the person walks through the door, I know if they're putting in the effort, if they're putting in the time. Um, and then because I'm a combo artist, so I do hair as well, I also look at hair health. You know, is it is it bleached? Is it blow dried every day? Do they make sure that they get it, the, the trim every time they need it? All of those things are really important. So basically it comes down to health. Um, I mean, if you have small eyes, big eyes, small lips, big lips, there are things that we can always accentuate, right? There is no rules when it comes to that. But when it comes to skin health, I can't fake that. Um, and the other side is really probably even more important is the model's attitude. If the model has great attitude, anything can be done, really. Um, good, good attitude and good posing will save every shoot, even if the skin is not perfect. You're having an off day. As you said, I work a lot with women. We know that women, we go through hormonal changes during the month. There's the occasional pimple. Do not worry. That's why we invented Photoshop. And that's why you can <laughs> fix things in video as well. And we have us on our side to kind of manage the situation. But I cannot change a model that is not really enthusiastic. That is something that no amount of makeup will do. I have, however, started to incorporate a lot of massages into my routine. So every model that comes into my chair gets a massage. And that helps. I don't know if anyone has ever experienced that that's listening to the podcast, but it helps because it releases tension in their muscles and models who work in beauty campaigns have to really control micro muscles in their face. So um, yeah, it's a it's a team effort. And if they come with great attitude, I am so much more excited to work with them. I didn't know that about the massage, but I think I have to apply to the next casting where you are the makeup <laughs> artist. <laughs> um, Yeah, so now for all the girls out there, for my wife, for my daughters, for Irene, our producer. Thank you very much, Irene, for bringing Nika to this podcast. Super mm. exciting, super nice. I'm sure you all want to know this question. What, how do you get a healthy skin? I mean, you say that like, mm. oh, you have to have healthy skin, but mm. I'm sure you have a good advice for this, yeah. for the girls out there, the women who want to know how... Take, mm. to take care of my skin because it's probably some something is in the in the genes you can mm. you have just what it is but I'm, I'm sure you can also do a lot yeah for it so there's a lot in genetics that's true mm, but there are things that are just so basic eat well sleep well drink water those are basics exercise if you are healthy on the inside your skin will show it um, and then as far as products go make sure that you're moisturizing make sure that you're wearing SPF daily that is something that no amount of makeup can fix because we especially if you live in cities where there's lots of pollution like a city like Barcelona you know it's it's a lot of pollution and it's a lot of sun if you don't protect yourself from the outside uh, environment there is nothing that can really be done. So it's kind of like a holistic approach inside and outside. And I would definitely recommend seeing a good esthetician, uh, maybe once every six months, if they can afford it to get a good treatment because they are the ones who treat the skin. Dermatologists would look at diseases, but estheticians would look at the overall health of the skin. So whenever I've had models that have had complicated skins, I have an esthetician. I don't know if I can shout her out. Because sure, she's, sure, sure. Go ahead. So she's on Instagram called Barcelona Beauty. 
She is fantastic. And I sent all of my models. I'm like, okay, you should go see this girl. Her name is Mante. She's amazing. Mante or Samantha? Mante. 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 So, Mante. Yeah. So, and I say, go see her. And everyone is very excited um, when they come back from her because she really does a great job. Cool. So it's, it's kind of like a, an overall approach. Yeah. Uh, we don't have uh, like a sponsor. Uh, we, we have support or we support uh, things, but we support what we believe in. And I have no problem that you mention uh, somebody who can help hmm. models or any any person to have a healthier skin or to feel yeah. feel well. So it's great. And I'm sure that Mante uh, hmm. is in Barcelona, but there's probably many Mantes in other cities. Yeah. Uh, go yeah. to the Instagram of her. Maybe you find some mm. some keywords to find the same person in your city, or maybe you ask her if she has colleagues mm. in other cities. Yeah. But if you recommend it, I think that's that must be good. Yeah. And uh, I also have to say that the most of the advice you gave is probably f for anybody, ma yeah. male or female, model or not model, because mm -hmm. it's uh, just naturally mm -hmm. a healthy life mm -hmm. uh, makes a healthy skin, and that's good for whatever you do. Yeah. But it's even good to be a model. Yeah. Use, so you don't have to do something else. Just being a model doesn't mean you have to be made up all the time and mm. and do stuff and for sure not drinking and smoking and whatever. Hmm. That is also something probably you realize if Absolutely. somebody is uh, having a party night and then coming to the shooting. How did you have something oh. like to sell funny where you say, oh my God, how can I fix that? We've, um, I, of course, I won't name names, but we've had models come to set with a really bad hangover and that is so unprofessional that girl was eventually dropped from the agency because it's just a no-no you know you you have to I know that for models it's hard because it 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 goes into all parts of your life right it's not like I'm a model today and then tomorrow I'm off no you still have to go to the gym and you still it's I get it but you know at least don't don't go out drinking the night before <laughs> um, now that you mention it there is one more thing that I would say super important to take off your makeup at the end of the day that is probably maybe even more important than wearing spf like okay. just taking off your makeup at the end of the day and wearing daily spf will do massive things for your skin a cleaning routine yeah just a cleansing balm something that if you're lazy that you can just apply and wash off with water and go to bed like me i'm super lazy you know so uh, just explain the routine quickly what would be the minimum you would rec uh, recommend Um, like a daily routine? So it would depend on your um, skin type, right? So there's many skin types and many skin concerns. But if we break it down into a very, very basic routine, um, you have to make sure that you're taking off your makeup at the end of the day. So that would be with a cleansing balm or with a cleansing oil. It can be even a micellar water. It doesn't matter. Um, just stay away from makeup wipes. They are terrible for your skin, terrible for the environment, and I would never recommend them unless you're uh, on a plane or at a festival. That's okay, but otherwise don't use it. And then in the morning, um, you would use an SPF and preferably you would have something in your bag that you could reapply if you're going to the beach because SPF loses its power after two hours. So something like a powder or a spray that you can reapply um, and with that, you're already pretty much covered. Um, so hydrating your skin and cleansing it well, and that's it. And in terms of makeup products, um, yeah, you can you can name some brands, but maybe it's better to just general say what would you recommend to look at at the labels or kind of ingredients or whatever it's uh, to 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 use good products, quality hmm. products. Hmm. I'm not a big fan of saying you have to buy the most expensive hmm. whatever brand. I think you can have good products at, I don't know, Lidl or a I supermarket. 
uh, as well as you have in, in big brands. Mm -hmm. So I think it's good to know from you as a specialist hmm. behind the after the branding, which is paid, mm -hmm. what is the real thing you can you should look at. So uh, the thing that is important are the ingredients, but the formula also really matters. So a product that has only good ingredients and has terrible formulation is not going to do anything for your skin. So um, I do agree you can find some really good products for a low price, um, but there are certain things that because the production of the ingredients is so expensive, it's impossible to make a cheap product. So for example, for me, I use a brand that I really love and um, One of the things when it comes to skincare, I think it's really personal because it's not just the quality of the product, but maybe you're someone who wants everything vegan. Maybe you're someone who wants everything ecological, natural, or, you know, cruelty-free, whatever, right? So for me, when I chose a brand that sponsors me, which is something that sometimes makeup artists do, I was looking for someone who's vegan, cruelty-free, sustainable, eco-certified, uh, that's nature-based. Um, so that was that was like what I wanted, right? So for me, I, I chose Sublime Oils because they have all of these things. But you could find a cheaper brand in the pharmacy that works okay right so um well it's so, it's hard it's hard to say what to choose i think there's a lot of research and that's where a good esthetician would come really in handy because they can create a routine for you so sublime oils is your recommendation as one of the brands you would go for and yeah. uh, a question um that i would love to, to ask every influencer in the world <laughs> yeah what <laughs> if a brand asks you to sponsor you and to pay you and you're not convinced hmm. about the product or the, con the, the ingredients, would you say no? I say no all the time. I've been sent questions from many brands and I do not believe in their ethos. So for me, it's really important that it aligns with my values. I do try to keep a clean, I hate the word clean, but like a very sustainable kit and it's difficult. So um, I, it depends on each influencer, but for me, I say no all the time. And especially when money is involved, I don't think it's fair because what where your loyalty lies is to your followers. Absolutely, yeah, it's about credibility. I mean, they, they yeah. believe in you, they follow you, and I think it's not really fair if you start saying things you don't believe or wearing things you don't like or using yeah. makeup products that you don't think are, are good to use. That's, that's selling your soul and... Yeah. Your values. Yeah, it's like if you're someone who is vegan and then you start promoting McDonald's, like that doesn't make sense, you know? <laughs> no, that's that's too obvious, of yeah. course. Yeah. But of course, I mean it's it's um I mean influencers are a whole different game. That job is very difficult as well. But yeah, for, for me it was all about values. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we are we are more than models. We uh, we talk with makeup artists even. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But also uh, if we talk to models or about modeling, we talk about values and about mm -hmm. Um, things like diversity, inclusion, yeah. women empowerment, mm -hmm. and this is something that I would like to ask you as well about. So I had here, I had photographers, brand um, owners, art, uh, art directors, models, male, female, and there's mm -hmm. certain professions in this industry where you have a stereotype that's normally a man, that's normally a woman, and mm -hmm. I would say makeup artist is a female-dominated yeah profession is that it, right it is it is it definitely is it didn't used to be it didn't used to be i mean even if you look at the history of makeup artistry uh, up until i think it was like maybe 60 years ago women were not allowed to work on films in hollywood what yeah yeah it's it's crazy i mean the first makeup artists that were big in film like max factor they were men so um it 
became a female-led profession, but it did not start as one. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, well, it's, it's, it's starting to be more about female empowerment, I think, because it's about women taking back the power over makeup. Although now, you know, makeup is kind of gender neutral. I think you see more boys wearing makeup as well, even in campaigns. Like now it's not only doing liner on girls, it's boys as well, yeah. which I think is great. Oh, that's, that's interesting. about That's why I asked you, because um, photographers, for example, I, I talked to a female photographer and If, if she comes to a set, there's some people still surprised. You know, oh, you're a woman. Hmm. Uh, like, photographer's a man. No? That's strange. Hmm. I wouldn't have this association, but many people have it. And I'm sure many people have the association that makeup artists right now, luckily, uh, hmm. can be a woman or even should be a woman because yeah. it's probably logical that if you're used to, to makeup mm -hmm. uh, as a woman, you, yeah. can, you can do that. But I wonder if I would have a guy sitting here who is a makeup artist, what he would tell, like, if what kind of strange situations you would have when he comes in like ah mm. oh, you're, you're a man like, it's strange yeah. do you have any, any story like this do you know do you have colleagues male colleagues that you know and that, that are fighting with like uh, have to justify why as a man they're a makeup artist I, I do know quite a few um, I think maybe um, for them it's a different kind of battle but I, I had uh, some colleagues when I was working in retail and the funny thing is uh, women preferred <laughs> this is so funny women preferred to go to the male vendors because they trusted them more because they thought that women would not want to make them look as beautiful as they could <laughs> competition yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's really funny i think we all have our own battles but for me i'm super lucky that i've worked in the two sides of the profession which is fashion and beauty and on the other side production production is a lot more um I would say not gender neutral, but there's a lot less um, concentration on, on gender roles because it's changing so fast and you have women operating cameras now and you have women directors. So it's a little bit different. In fashion, there's still maybe more stereotypes in my experience. Yeah, no, it's, it's my, my experience as well. But yeah, luckily we, we see a change here and you also experience that. That's, mm -hmm. that's great. And uh, talking about your yeah, production, which is a set, Now we go a bit deeper into your career and, and what you do right now. So I, um, I, I saw, I learned from Irene, our <laughs> producer, who introduced you to me, that you have a company. So you're the owner or founder of Aryan Makeup. Yeah. Um, but what is the difference of being a makeup artist or how, like what, what part of you is a makeup artist and what part of you is a, a company owner or like mm -hmm. an entrepreneur? Right. So um, I always joke about this, that the part of my job that is makeup is 10%. Everything else is business. Um, because I decided that I didn't only, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I didn't want to only do makeup. I wanted to build something on my own. So what I actually have a goal is to create a team of makeup artists and hairstylists that I could send out to production agencies. And because I am very strict to myself and I have very high demands of myself, that goes the same for my team. So what I'm doing now is I'm actually, um, I'm bringing up people that are uh, assistants and I'm teaching them my way of work. And I'm, you know, they're also sharing things with me. So it's kind of creating very high uh, achieving professionals. And that's kind of the idea, not like an agency, but like a group of makeup artists, as you will, uh, yeah. like a supernova. <laughs> yeah, with a quality stamp. 
Yeah. Um, if people like yeah. you and your way to do makeup, they probably trust that you also recommend the mm -hmm. right person or you have trained the right person. Mm -hmm. Makes totally sense because I also guess that you get some job requests from time to time when you're already busy so you can yeah. uh, put somebody else there. Yeah, so that's one way. Like sometimes they would call me and I could I can't do it. So it would be great to send someone from my team and they would still get the same amount, uh, the same quality of work, right? Yeah. Or sometimes it's a very large shoot so I need a team of makeup artists and hairstylists to make sure that all the talents are ready at the same time. So I, I don't know, that that's just... I've always been a team leader, so I find that really exciting to do. Um, and you, you like to boss around? <laughs> yeah, you could say that. I'm an Aries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you could say that definitely. Um, yeah, it's good. I mean, you need personalities who, who can who manage the stuff, you know. And mm -hmm. I think clients appreciate mm -hmm. that they not only book a makeup artist who does great makeup, which is of course a base, yeah. but that you also manage your job and the preparation and mm -hmm. anything that comes around. Hmm. Because I think there's a lot of people who are great um, artists, but they kind of lack the, the business side of things. So it makes it really difficult for them to communicate to clients, to negotiate rates. I have no problem negotiating rates, you know. Um, I put on my business suit and, you know, I'm business Nika and here is how <laughs> things work. And some people don't have that. And in that way, I would also provide, you know, work for other people and also in a way of protection for them so they don't have to do the things that they don't want to right and I used to do this a lot when I was doing weddings I no longer do weddings but in weddings I would manage bigger teams so we would go three four makeup artists and hairstylists and I would be the one that would do all the communication with the bride do all of the payments so that would be my job right um, and I would also do the makeup and the hair so I don't know I just I really enjoy it I love the business side of things great so I have to tell you a secret um I I had to invite a makeup artist because <laughs> a makeup artist in, in my family, my, my wife did modeling and my kids, uh, my, my kids not anymore, daughters. And they always told me like, what they most enjoyed about modeling jobs is the, the moment they come in and they sit down and the makeup artist, one hour, two hours. Mm. It seems to be like the dream of every yeah. buddy who wants to be modeling a girl, like sitting there and say, okay, now I am the queen or the princess, <laughs> like in a wedding. Yeah. And uh, somebody just takes care of me and gives me a recommendation, uses the best products and whatever. Mm. So I'm sure you, you are, uh, you're enjoying that as, lot, as well, no? that models come in and they, they connect with you and they yeah. enjoy so much that they probably even don't want to start to work because it's just like, give me more, <laughs> is that right? Or? Yeah, I, um, I really, really enjoy connecting with the models and I love that you use the expression to take care of them because honestly, I feel like we're on set not just to make them look great, you know, but to make them feel great. I'm there throughout the entire day and I make sure that their morale is high. Do you need something? Do you want some water? Are you warm? You know, this is this is our job. Our job is not to make them look pretty on camera. Um, and I think that's kind of what distinguishes good makeup artists from great makeup artists, you know, even seeing high level people like the other day I saw a video of um, a very very high uh, hairstylist that was doing uh, that was using like a big cardboard to make wind on a big Hollywood star for a photo shoot and I said this is what it is our job sometimes is so much more than just applying the makeup and just sitting down right so um, for me I like to help the models get in the zone to to you know this is where the massages come in I also do a little bit of aromatherapy I put music on um, I create a safe space for them so they can get in the zone so they can walk out of that makeup room and go like 
I'm the shit. So <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to do my best and I'm ready, right? That's yeah. our job. We're kind of like um their own little pep rally. Yeah. You you make them feel confident and there's also uh, like a kind of a transformation from from the beginning to the end suddenly mm. they there's always different depending on the makeup artist and on the job and on the creative agency um they they convert somebody who comes in into something mm. sometimes totally different or just a little bit different but mm. i guess it's mostly a surprise for the model like okay this time wow this is me again yeah. like it's always always a, yeah. a nice experience no and there's a change in an attitude like you can get someone who comes into the chair it's six in the morning they're super tired and you're able to bring up their energy you're you know their posture changes their expression changes and sometimes it's not even about the makeup sometimes you know the makeup is minimal because it's all very natural but the way that she walks out of that room or he let's say is very different to how they walked in and that that to me is like i did a great job right yeah yeah, yeah. the transformation You say the transformation of the swan, or what was this yeah. kind of fairy tale? Mm. And uh, and yeah, I've seen this a lot in, in shootings. You you, have, you come, you see a production team and say, okay, who's the model? And you don't know. And so, oh, this, wow, oh, really, this is the model. And then she goes, or he, in the makeup. And mm. then, oh, wow, that's good. And then comes the stylist. And mm. whoa. <laughs> yeah. And then comes the photographer and the light. And then, yeah. and then she switches on, or he switches on attitude and you say okay yeah. now I understand who is the model here it's it's yeah. really nice and the this this transition is also what many people who want to do modeling are looking for like this mm. this moment where they transform it to somebody they mm -hmm. maybe want to be or they don't want to be but it's interesting to be that person for one day and be yeah. in the middle of the camera and have this moment of yeah being something or someone different yeah and i think the beautiful thing about beauty and this fashion and these transformations as you say is is very like it's the here and now right is it's you this is how i exist right here and right now i think there's a transformation power in and it's very i don't know kind of meditative in a way it really puts you in the moment and you're really present it's i i love that part of the because because you see them become a different person and a lot of the times in my experience because i do a lot of fashion a lot of these girls are very young right so you know they don't know anyone it's a new country maybe they don't even speak the language so if i can make them feel great i've done my job Okay, now I have to speak about languages, even though I'm not ready with the experience <laughs> on the set because I want to know more. Uh, your excellent English is outstanding. I, I'm a bit <laughs> jealous. I'm, uh, how did you... I mean, you're Slovenian. It's yeah. uh, not that I know Slovenia, but it's a totally different language. Yeah. And accent. So where did you learn this excellent um, English? Well, there, there's a few things. The first thing is that in Slovenia, you have to learn English at a very uh, early age. Um, but I was... I'm, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding conceited, but I'm quite good at languages. Like I, I soak them up very fast and um, I learned English through cartoons, as most <laughs> children do at the age of four. So um, I soaked up English really fast. And then I also continued my education in high school and I went to university to study English where, you know, I did a master's in translation. So for me, languages were not a problem, um, but it it. It's just such an important part of our jobs here as well. It's it's impossible to work without languages. Yeah, yeah. You learned it as a kid, which I think is is, is nice for for mm -hmm. parents to know that if you let kids watch cartoons, let them watch in, in a different language so <laughs> yeah. they can learn it. It's the easiest thing to do, or yeah. bring them abroad, uh, yeah. live in another country so they can learn it as well. Mm. And and yeah, more relevant for our audience right now, because um, yeah, probably young the younger people here in the audience don't have kids. 
hmm. and they don't care <laughs> <laughs> yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, why is it important? I mean, it was important for you to learn a language, but let's say from a modeling point, perspective, I think you can give very concrete examples. If you have hmm. a model coming in and hmm. did you have the experience that a model didn't speak your language and how difficult is that to to do the job it's it's very hard it's i mean nobody asks you to have a c2 level you know nobody needs that you need to have basic communication skills um for me as a makeup artist i need my model at least to understand when i say look up look down close your eyes simple right um move your head uh very very simple things and they should be able to take directions from the photographer um, but yeah, we have had some girls from, from Russia that had very poor English and it was extremely difficult to communicate and they were lovely girls and, but it was just, it made our job a lot harder, right? So I would say that the basics, the basics and, um, almost everyone speaks English now, especially in this, in this industry, you know, you are able to kind of get along at least to get through the day, Right. Maybe yeah. you can't go have beer with the team after, but you could. I mean, do unless your job. unless you lo you work local, and then of course yeah. the local language here would be Catalan or Spanish, and in Slovenia would be Slovenian. But if you really want to aspire to international jobs, probably mm. English is is the language to learn. We mm -hmm. um, we we also uh, recommend and encourage people to do that. We have even an app collaboration and uh, in our in modelmentor.com with uh, mm. uh, English for models. Yeah, so we fantastic. Uh, we think like learn where your passion is. It's a it's an app that does different um, categories of learning English, where you can learn with football or singing. Mm -hmm. in, in our case, we did collaboration with our model academy to to learn English uh, if you want to be a model, and you, you get the basic vocabulary, as you said, like mm. to talk to makeup artists, to talk photographers, to right. to understand what's the requirement in the casting yeah. or even the contract. And uh, yeah, we insist always that. English is, is an important factor and in general expectation management out there. Being a model, just being pretty doesn't mean oh, if no. your parents tell you, wow, you're so pretty, you should be a model or your friends. Mm -mm. No. That is, first of all, you can be not pretty, obviously, for everybody and still be a supermodel. That's because so true. You have a character, you have an attitude. Yeah. And I've, I've seen this happen where when a girl walks into the room and you're like, oh, that's the model. And then they walk in front of the camera and you're blown away. So it's not it's not about conventional beauty. Really, it isn't. Yeah. It's personality. It's attitude. Absolutely. And, um, but then it's also hard work. So. <laughs> learn English, uh, learn how to post, do mm, photo sessions uh, in exchange with photographers or makeup mm -hmm. artists who just want to also learn at the beginning. Mm -hmm. It will not be perfect, but every experience will add your knowledge and you have uh, additional photos to your portfolio. It's a job like any other job. You can just, yeah. just start the first day and just being a supermodel. You have yeah. to learn it. Absolutely. You, you have to learn it. <laughs> so by the way, how did you learn being a makeup artist? What did you have to do to get the qualification to mm. go to to go out for a shoot and, mm -hmm. and do a good job? So when it comes to makeup artistry, it's a little bit of a kind of deregulated industry. So there's no there's no like degree that you have to do, right? So for me, it was a basic course that was four weeks long. And then it's kind of like driving. You learn the basics and then you gotta work. You gotta work on it and you gotta work a lot and you make many mistakes. Oh my Lord, the mistakes that I've made. Some of the photos that I look back now, I'm just cringe. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's part of the 
it's part of the journey. Yeah, and you didn't charge probably money for the first oh, no. jobs. You just learned as an assistant oh, and just yeah, were I've, happy if they Yeah, if I've they done so do. many shoots that for, were for free, the portfolio shoots, so many. The important thing is that you keep growing and that you keep advancing in your, and you really like not just doing it, but doing it and actually taking a look at the result and analyzing it. What did I do well? What could I have done better? And learning from it. If not, you just get stuck in the same level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, this experience to do this collaboration shoots where you don't get paid, but you work with good people, ideally with good photographers mm -hmm. uh, or some good models or even just like a good bunch of people who, who are in the same situation and want to try things out. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's learning by doing. It's part of the... There's no like... There's, more, there's makeup schools, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if there's makeup schools especially for this kind of job, like for photo film production, or um, is it more like generic? No, so you would usually do, like, it would be an, a comprehensive um, education, uh, depending on, I, I did beauty and fashion fundamentals, but there are courses that are two years long, and you uh, learn, like, basic prosthetics, you learn um, theater makeup, you kind of learn the whole shebang, right? For me, I knew that I never really wanted to work in theater, and prosthetics weren't that interesting for me, so I knew that I wanted to go into the beauty world. Okay, so you did a, a, a training or class. How long does mm -hmm. it take? A so year it or? was it was no, it was just four weeks, but really intense, eight hours every day, and uh, it was six days a week. So okay. it was it was intense. Um, but again, you learn the basics. You the know, basics. yeah. And then and the, you, ha you have a year or two of just working. Yeah. For for free and, and trying and learning and, and training assisting. on the job and making yeah. the experience. Assisting is the way to go. Assisting is the only way to see people's kits, how a real professional makeup artist kits look like. This is why I'm so adamant about having assistance myself, because I'm like, you need to see people in action. And then you learn how you communicate with the client, how you communicate with the model, how do you set up a mood board, all of these things that, you know, and to assist more people is even better because you get a better understanding of what different people do, because what I do may be very different from another artist, right? Yeah, very good advice. Um, yeah, your career, I uh, I read that you had a totally different idea before you <laughs> decided uh, or make the step to be a makeup artist. Yeah. Um, you wanted to work for the European Union in Brussels. Yeah. Like a Slovenian <laughs> um, uh, who now lives in Barcelona as a makeup artist, had the idea to work for the European Union. Yeah. And you wanted to be an interpre interpreter. Yeah. yeah so you speak uh, French as well and Spanish. Yeah. So you speak languages. That's yeah. okay. That's a check for being an interpreter. But <laughs> What the hell was the reason to have this dream of uh, idea of becoming and then work, why working for the European Union? Why not working for whatever kind of company? So I studied uh, translation at university and that was kind of my goal. It was like the interpreter was the the creme de la creme, right? The, the oh, really? way that, yeah, the that's, way that that's, beauty uh, is. In translation, it's like... Yeah, the, being an interpreter is... is um, the, apparently, besides being a neurosurgeon, it is the most demanding job in the world because you're listening, translating, speaking the at the same time, time, right? Yeah. It is incredibly difficult. But I was like, oh, I got this. You know, I, <laughs> you're I ambitious. Was, you can do yeah, that. I was, I was confident. And then I will say that I have not failed more miserably as I have in that entrance exam in my life. Really? It was so bad. It was so bad. And I thought, I was like, oh, my life is over. At uh, 23, I'm like, I'm never going to do something that I love. It was horrible. 
And then uh, it was actually a blessing in disguise because a year later I went to Brussels for six months and I, you know, no offense to anyone who lives there, but I hated it. <laughs> it was so gloomy <laughs> and so sad. Sorry, people in Brussels. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had, I just, I went between September and January. There was, okay, that's, we, that's we had no not fair. Sun. I mean, being yeah. Barcelona, it's not fair to compare no, no. the weather. I mean, <laughs> no, it's, it's a completely different thing. So yeah, so it, it just did not turn out for me the way that I wanted to. And also the thing is like being a translator is a person who sits behind a computer you don't really see people people are not excited when you send them a translation nobody goes like thank you so much yeah. well you know I, i this is what i do like i do massages and i see these people kind of get into a different mindset and i said this is what i want to do i want to make people happy and i can do this through my job and be creative and work in a team there's just so many elements and the funny thing is because i know that a lot of people who listen are models i know a lot of models who then transition into makeup artistry once they decide that they don't want to be really? models anymore yeah. yeah because they they like you said they love that part of the process and it's interesting being on the other side and, and they learned a lot probably no i For mean they sure. le learn also from every makeup artist they mm -hmm. they tr uh, get treated um, like they they like probably how they deal with them mm. they like uh, how the products they they apply yeah. and And also they, they, they learn what they don't want. Yeah. You know, being a model, you learn what is not pleasant, what is not nice to see, you know, hygiene, my Lord, the hygiene. I Hopefully now after COVID, people are a little bit more conscious of how important it is to keep a clean kit. But all of these things that come into play into our job. We didn't talk about um, the, the hair part because uh, you and your... Instagram or somewhere I saw that you are a makeup artist and a hairstylist mm -hmm. and I know that um, depending on the budget of a production you can have one mm. all in one like mm -hmm. you can do that so you can have somebody taking care of the, mm -hmm. of the makeup and hair that's probably the most common because it's yeah. quite a luxury to have a hairstylist yeah. and a makeup artist work together mm. can you uh, also explain a bit about that part of the job how, what did you learn to do it uh, how much do you like it mm. how is it to work with a hairstylist as a makeup artist and how is to work to do both at the same time right so being a combo artist is um really necessary in certain areas depending on what you do right so in barcelona in particular uh, it's really necessary to be a combo artist in work in order to do commercial projects because it is very rare that they hire a makeup artist and a hairstylist this is a thing of the past when you had big projects when you had A, you know, a hairstylist and an assistant and a makeup artist and an assistant and a nail person and an assistant. Like this, unfortunately, doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> so you kind of have to know more things, right? Um, so for me, when I started working here, I was like, all right, this is this is impossible to work just with makeup. I need to increase my skill set. And I did a, a course that I did on the days that I could. I did um, hair courses, but then I also did specific hair courses for bridal because I was still working in weddings. I did specific hair courses for Afro hair because that is very, um, you know, it's its own thing, its own products, its own techniques. Um, and I continue education on online so it, it it never stops being a makeup artist and a hairstylist it never stops because there's always something new um and i think it is uh it's a very complicated job because when you do makeup and hair you're constantly thinking about how one influences the other right okay so if i put this ponytail how can i do the makeup so that it complements it you know and you can kind of work around it but at the same time You're working really fast because I'm like, okay, 
I'm going to do uh, the curls now. And then as soon as the curls are cooling, I'm going to prep the skin and then I'm going to do the hands. So it's kind of like you're it, it's a hundred miles an hour. It really there is no stopping when you're doing both. So I really love when I have a hairstylist. It's just so nice. It's so nice not to have to think about everything. And if it's someone who's really great at their job, because there's always one part that you're stronger. So for me, it's makeup. I love watching them work because I pick up tips and they like working, you know, watching me work because they pick up things from me. So it's it's wonderful, but it's just so rare that that happens. <laughs> and even when they do, it's probably because we have more models. So, you know, the model's sitting on the other side of the room. So I can't really sneak a peek of what they're doing. But I do love um, collaborating with other artists. Isn't it also a challenge? I mean, if you do both, you you said it's it's difficult because you have to know exactly what you do with the hair and the. But it's all in your head. But if you have mm. another person, you have to to synchronize your oh, ideas. Yeah. yeah, you would um, you would usually do like a, a more more prep. You would do a better mood board. You would do like a little game plan before you started. Um, so there's more prep involved, definitely. The other thing is that. As um, time goes on, we're getting less and less time as makeup and hair artists. So sometimes they ask me to do full makeup and hair in an hour, which is not really realistic depending on how much hair and how, um, let's say, how clear the skin of the model is. Because if there's lots of little spots, that takes a long time, right? So it's uh, sometimes it's a little bit of... Um, We get annoyed with the producers that are constantly like, when is she ready? When is she ready? When is she? I'm, she's ready when she's ready. Do you want her done or do you want her, you know, or do you want half her done. now? Yeah, like I can I can do half her face if that's what you want and you can just shoot from the side. Uh, so it is um, it is quite a challenging thing. What is the order if you have a hairstylist and a makeup artist who starts? <laughs> Um, a lot of the time you would work in synchronicity. So you they would do hair as I'm doing makeup. But if I had to choose, so when I work on myself, I found the system that works for me. So I would do hair prep first, and then the hair needs to cool off. So then I would do makeup next, and then the hair goes down, and then the final two touches on the makeup. So it's kind of okay. like back and forth. Okay. Hair, makeup, hair, makeup. Yeah, and if you work with a person, you would when you do something very delicate, like when the person who's curling is curling the hair in the front, you would stop and pause. Or when I'm curling lashes, I would say, hey, wait with the blow drying. This is a, you know, or I'm doing a red lip, give me a second. So, you know, it, it it's working in a team. And best hair preparation to make you happy when you come to the set? Right. So uh, we've talked about, I don't know if we said this about makeup, but like for me, it's super important that models come makeup free, uh, skincare free, hair product free. Unless it's something like sometimes with people who have Afro hair, because they are a little bit, they, it takes longer for them to moisturize and to dry the hair, then it's okay if they come moisturized. But it's really hard if they put in things that are impossible to remove, like oils or gels or like boys that sometimes come with a hair full of product and I'm like why don't I will put in the product for you please because we don't always have a sink to wash their hair so, and, and wash wash the hair the night before or the morning yeah the night before or the morning is fine and come with your hair dry because sometimes we don't have time to to dry the hair so we just have to work directly with the curls okay so mm. very good advice uh, models come to shooting No makeup product, no hair product. Wash your yeah. hair. Shave clean, your legs, clean please. Clean and healthy skin. 
and then you make legs, that's Nika another thing. <laughs> and all your colleagues happy, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've had moments where I've had to shave armpits, shave ankles, um, <clears throat> remove black nail polish, <laughs> just things where I'm like, come on, just come. We call this set ready, right? Don't have any nail polish. <laughs> don't have any crazy, you know, face paint or whatever. Just come clean and we'll do all the work for you. What about tattoos and piercing? Any advice? If they have them, they have them. Now um, it's different because clients will book people with tattoos and not care. The problem is when you have a commercial because of um, rights. So the copyright belongs to the artist that created the tattoo. So you would have to cover up the tattoo. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, That's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never thought about that. It makes sense, but mm. I'm sure that a lot of people out there have no clue that yeah. this is the case. Yeah. So for me, I say, if you want to be a model, put the tattoo in an inconspicuous place. Like, don't put it on your wrist. Put it at least like on your chest or on your, I don't know, on your butt cheek, somewhere that you can't usually see it, right? Have the tattoos, but have them in a hidden place, right? It's the same for actresses. Do not, please do not come covered like head to toe in tattoos because it's just so hard for us. It takes forever to cover up a tattoo pro properly, you know? All right. Looking at you, I see a tattoo. I have one. I have one. That <laughs> is the only it's, one. It's present and visible, but yeah, you but don't. I don't have to be in front of the camera. <laughs> I can, can do, do what I want. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, that's that's very good advice. And uh, maybe it allows me to talk about our model academy. Hmm. I don't know if you've seen that or know it from, from Irene or whoever you speak to. We, uh, we try to educate and teach people who want to be a model, give them advice about Well, everything we talked about mm. right now, that's also the reason why we do the podcast. Um, but they can learn how to prepare for a shooting, but also legal stuff. And I think yeah. that what you just said is super important. If you go out there and even do like a test shoot or like a collaboration or you get a paid shoot, make sure that you agree with the mm -hmm. person to do the shoot where the images or the videos are used for, mm -hmm. for both sides, for the client and for you, for the photographer, for the model, and I don't know about the makeup artist when you use on the website. Mm. It's super important to have agreements that everybody knows what happens with these photos, mm -hmm. that you don't want to have your, see your photos on a, a tobacco or political statement website yeah. as a model. And um, as much as you love the photo and you're super happy that you work with this photographer and this makeup artist is amazing, Always say, okay, it's amazing. I would like to work with, but what is my photos or videos used for? For sure, for sure. I mean, I've I've had photos that I've worked on that were supposedly a test that were sold, and I no longer work with that person, with that photographer, because it really pissed me off. Because it's not fair, you know? It's not fair. Everybody, you, you need to know where the photos are used. And for models, it's even more important because they might get in trouble with their agency, you know? Um, if there is a product that's being sold with their face, the agency will not be happy. So that's that's another part of the yeah. puzzle. If, if you have an agency, which uh, depending on your type yeah. of model, it's, it's, it's really good to have an agency and... Uh, but we have a lot of models in our They're platform who don't have an agency mm. and that's why it's even more important mm -hmm. that you know these things yep. because then you're not protected by an agency, you're protected by yourself or exactly. uh, in our case on the platform uh, having agreements ready where mm -hmm. when you're booked you, you can mm -hmm. sign it and make sure that both agree. Mm -hmm. Also for the client, I mean we have also a lot of photographers who, who do good pictures and they have maybe an intention to use the picture. And uh, I have seen cases where a photographer brand has been sued by a model because they didn't sign the right mm -hmm. agreement about the image rights. Yeah. And maybe you have a good relationship like, hey, yeah, cool, the photos are nice in the suit and every drink a beer together. But then a, a month later, the model changes her mind or his mind. 
and you have your picture already used in somewhere where you greet on in a nice mm -hmm. beer chat. Right. But then she said, mm -mm, I don't agree to that. And then you can get a, a big trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've definitely done an oopsie myself where I posted a photo that a model didn't want me to post and then it was lots of apologies and I'm so sorry. But, you know, it's it luckily it happened in the beginning of my career. It was not a big thing. But um, yes, you definitely need to have agreements in place because you need to protect yourself, um, especially if they're freelancers. Nobody's protecting them. They need to be responsible of themselves, right? And if they are freelancers in the way of like a company, the other thing is that that they are legally responsible for themselves. It's just a whole, yeah, it's, it's a whole new game, right? As you said, 10% is uh, makeup and yeah. the rest is business. And yeah. I think for models, it's maybe not exactly the same proportion, but it's a lot of business as well. Hmm. And you have to be prepared if you go out there um, to, yeah, to avoid trouble hmm. afterwards. Yeah, and that's the other thing, like 10% of, is what you do on set and everything else is outside of the set, right? So them going to the gym, that's part of their job. This is why our rates are as high as they are and sometimes clients don't understand. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't stop for me when I leave this place. For me, it means I need to wash my brushes. I need to disinfect my kit. I need to, you know, all of these things. I need to send an invoice. All of these things are included in my rate. And for models, it's the same. The time that they've spent in the gym and the, the money that they spend on healthy nutrition should be included in their rate. Like this is all part of their job. Oh, not going party and not coming with a hangover. Yeah. That's also an opportunity cost. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You miss a, a, a night with your with your gang. <laughs> absolutely, I completely agree. <laughs> But this is yeah, it's sacrificing things, and it's totally true. Um, this is why, in a professional level, you're not you're not paid by hour in first place. Of course, the time also is important. You're also paid for for the level you have and for the mm -hmm. usage of the the image that, mm -hmm. that are created. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that's super important. Mm -hmm. So you need to ask a lot of questions. I say this to everyone who wants to get into the business. Make sure you ask a lot of questions before you say yes to a job. Yeah. Where is this used? Why is this used? How long is it used for? Is it going on social? Is it going for a campaign? Because those are very different things and they will affect your pricing and they will affect you saying yes or no. Definitely. When you described your, your job and that it's not only the two hours in the set or five, ten hours making mm -hmm. a makeup, it's also care about your brushes and all this preparation stuff. Mm. I was thinking about stylists. We will also have a stylist in the podcast mm. soon. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, this is uh, the the hardest job in terms of preparation and, yeah. and post, how do you call it, like uh, after after that. I mean, the, oh, yeah. the stylist uh, sometimes works a week or longer to prepare mm -hmm. a shooting, go into all the stores and, and design outlets, whatever the, the places where They get their stuff and uh, they have to send the pictures to the client, make them happy. And then they come there. They do the job as hard as you do. Mm -hmm. Then they have to bring it all back and, and yeah. it has to be and, and super clean, clean and, and iron yeah. and whatever. I mean, remember that if you see this, this is this is, this is also part of the job. It's, it's a yeah. huge responsibility. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an, you know, you are not paying me for the hours that I'm on set. You're paying me for all the, the time. And for example, for them, it's that. For us, it's... Um, researching products online, right? Researching products, text, testing textures, um, doing test shoots. That should be, you know, that's part of your time that you're investing into your craft, right? To make sure that I don't do a mistake on set. I've spent hundreds of hours on free shoots, right? That was all part of me growing. I invest money into my education. People come to your thing. Listening to this podcast is time that they're investing into their profession. And that is why you cannot sell your services cheap. Absolutely. And Irene, my producer, <laughs> thank you very much for helping 
us doing this podcast can tell that also preparing this podcast is not like just coming here, switching on the mic and, and then we go. We, mm -hmm. She in first place prepared it for many months, <laughs> no? like the concept and the idea, which guests to invite, mm. what kind of questions to ask, like who first and then last and yeah. the music that we have in the intro and the it's, intro. It's I mean, so, so much, much work. It's so much work. I produced a podcast. I have one of my own. I know it's so much work. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always grateful to just come and sit. I'm like, oh, I just have to sit here and talk. That's the easy <laughs> <Yeah>. part. <laughs> it is, it is. I mean, for now, for me now, it's also the easy part. Irene has uh, the harder part. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's more than models, and we could also say it's more than a makeup artist. It's more than a podcast. I mean, everything is much more than it appears, mm. and uh, it's good to to talk about. It. And that's why I also love to hear, listen to podcasts myself, mm -hmm. because you you learn so much about the people behind it and yeah. about uh, things that are not directly related to to the main topic that somebody is talking about. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's why we also take our time to do that. And I know Irene, can we can we continue? Um, because. It's so much fun to talk with you and so interesting. <laughs> I have some more questions. Sure. You. Irene, thumbs up. She says, I can. Great. Whatever you, you want to ask me. My podcast boss. <laughs> I'm an open book, so no Good. problem for me. All right. So then, um, yeah, talk about podcasts. Mm. I introduced you and say yourself doing a podcast and you did a podcast. Yeah. So you started like a co-host or something. You can yeah. you tell me now, a makeup yeah. coaching with Susanna. That yeah. sounds super interesting, super yeah. relevant for now. And then... Now you do your own podcast, so yes. maybe tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so um, we actually recorded Makeup Coaching with Susanna in the studio. So really? this is how I know the studio, because the people from the studio are friends of mine, and I've worked with them uh, when they've produced things. Okay, let's let's do a, a bit of uh, public for relation for the studio. <laughs> we are in which studio? Cadenza Studio. Cadenza Studio. Who is, the, who is running that studio? So it's Louis and Ben. They're the best people in the world. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. I can, I can confirm that. I didn't know that you also did your podcast here, but yeah, yeah it's definitely a good a good studio and really yeah. good people. It's like what you said. Like, yeah. It's, it's good it's vibes. It's about like you come in and you want to have a good time, enjoy, mm. and of course you have to have a super professional equipment and a good good output mm -hmm. and they help with the editing they help with the preparation and everything mm -hmm. but yeah i think we should we could just say thumbs up for, oh, for cadenza sure. studio and for ben and louis yeah and anybody else out there who does a similar good <laughs> job to to make these kind of podcasts possible uh, so yeah. sorry to interrupt but i had to do that hmm, no of course uh, absolutely like all my love to them so yeah so we did it here and we did it in spanish which was terrifying because my spanish is not as good as my english <laughs> i learned it as i moved here five years ago so it's only been five years i'm pretty good at it i work in spanish so i, I can communicate but you know sometimes phrases kind of escape me sometimes i say weird combinations of words but that's how it is so yeah she's still continuing that podcast i stopped producing it for her but it was basically getting on um, makeup artists uh, even something that may be interesting for you guys we had a physiotherapist we talked about like because there's a lot of you know, it's a lot of strain, our profession physically. So that was one of the topics and talking about um, emotional stability, because this is a hurry up and wait kind of industry. So there's either a lot of work or there's nothing, just crickets. So it's kind of managing that kind of state in this business. Um, and then now 
This is a personal project that I started. I'm doing an, uh, a podcast. This is about living in Barcelona as an expat. It's called The Busy Expat. Mm-hmm. And it's talking more about the emotional side of um, being an expat, like what it's like to deal with um, moving far away from your family, from your friends, um, establishing a new identity. I just put out one that was about... A, for me losing touch with my language i don't speak slovenian as often as maybe some other people do their mother tongue so it's just all of these things that are kind of very specific to being an expat but because you know i can't i am uh how do you call it in english like i I just can't sit still so i i expanded it into business um topics as well so on instagram i would do videos that talk more about the business side of my life how i organize my business and then uh, the podcast would be more kind of emotional things and it's it's fun it's i have a lot of guests planned and ah, i'm excited it's (laughs) it's just you know the pandemic slowed everything down so it's live already you can you can find yeah. it on spotify or yeah there's an Apple episode podcast. yeah there's an episode going out tomorrow so there's just a few there's just three episodes and they're a little bit shorter so they're just like 10 15 minutes for now but um yeah I'm, i really enjoy doing them even though i do it in my uh bedroom with two cats sitting on my lap so it's not as professional as cadenza for now but it probably will get there at some point um expat i i know what it is because <laughs> i'm an expat but i'm sure Not everybody knows what it is. Hmm. What is an expat? So it's a fancy word for a migrant. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, It's basically living outside of your home country. Uh, For me, that is Spain. Um, I moved here five years ago because my partner is Catalan. We met in Slovenia and three weeks after he left and I followed him. And you followed. (laughs) I followed. (laughs) Not on Instagram. You followed (laughs) in real life. (laughs) Real life follow. Yeah. So basically for a year we did long distance and then I moved here and we've been together ever since and it's been the best decision of my life. And that's personally and career-wise because, you know, smaller markets like Slovenia don't have the opportunities that I have here. I've worked with so many amazing brands that I would never have the opportunity to work with in Slovenia. So I'm really grateful. So again, we're promoting something here, but I think uh, when I travel around wherever I go, And people ask me for my address and I say, blah, 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 Barcelona. <gasps> Barcelona, wow, everybody loves Barcelona. I mean, Barcelona is a yeah. wonderful place. It, uh, it is sun almost yeah. all year. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's wonderful good, good until people. August starts and then it's a little less wonderful. <laughs> for me, August is torture. Really? Yeah. Because oh, it's too hot, yeah. It's so hot. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I can, I can see how you can, you can jump into the sea, yeah, fresh, for sure. swim. Oh yeah, and uh, there's a lot of places with air conditioning, so I think it's mm. it's okay. I, I mean, I don't know how about Slovenia. I'm from Germany, and I'm from a part of Germany with a lot of rain and bad weather. Mm. And I think if you have that, and then you compare it with a hot August, you, you survive. Know what you prefer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. And you have the blue sky, which is oh, uh, which so is just a, such a difference from mm. when you wake up and you look at the sky yeah. and you see the sun and the blue yeah. sky instead of gray clouds and rain almost falling on your head that was my brussels <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's why i didn't want to stay there <laughs> okay we don't get paid by barcelona but we love barcelona we do what we love what it we have passion about we yeah we just just enjoy it and we let other, yeah. we invite other people to enjoy the same come for to barcelona sure. for sure and so many people that i've met here that are expats they're like oh i just came here for a week and now i'm here like 16 <laughs> years later and i'm like oh there you go really like they love it it's really a great place to live yeah it is uh you the other podcast can you recommend as the topic is makeup artists i'm sure people like 
looking on Spotify. Mm. They want to know if there's a podcast about makeup or modeling. And oh, yeah. um, now they found you. They say, oh, mm. well, finally, I can learn something in a podcast mm. about, about makeup artists, but on model, more than models. Mm -hmm. Can you recommend podcasts that yeah. you know uh, for, for mm. good makeup topics? There is topics? one that is absolutely fantastic. It's called We Speak Beauty. Um, it's by these two American makeup artists that are just fantastic. Really, really, really. They they have the biggest names in the industry on their show. So that's a fantastic podcast to listen to. There's another one called In My Chair. Um, it's another makeup artist that kind of uh, talks with fellow stylists, makeup artists, celebrities. That's a pretty good one. Um, and those are the two that I kind of follow the most. Um, I like that they have a variety of guests talking even to people like beauty editors, like um, beauty journalists, these kind of things that you don't really know about or um, PR people, you know, so we know how to reach out to brands, all of these things that are kind of hidden corners of the industry um, and models as well, you know, so we get the other side because Uh, what what is something that I think a lot of makeup artists forget is that the person who is sitting in your chair is not a model, is a person, is a person, and you need to treat them as a person, and you need to treat them with respect, and you know it's it's and it's very personal touching another person, especially now after the pandemic. Um, I find it 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 carries a lot more weight and a lot more. Um, meaning than it did before like before people were happy when i did face massages but now like i just feel them melt into the chair because <laughs> they miss it you know it's 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 a very there's been a shift in the business yeah yeah i'm really glad to say that uh just confirms irene that we choose the right title for this podcast more than models because it's that was the idea as well i mean it's the idea on our platform and our blog um irene also is a, an editor or co-editor of our blog we have mm. A chapter just like the person behind the models where mm -hmm. we just um, interview models that obviously have a nice portfolio they're looking beautiful whatever but then we surprise the audience or the readers with the life uh, behind or beside yeah. or around modeling yeah. and we have doctors um, I mean you just look check it out and it's, it's really interesting and, yeah. and I love that that's that great part of it That's great. I like to ask models when they sit into my chair, like if they do something else besides modeling. And a lot of them are still in school. And the things that they study is just like fascinating. Like, oh, yeah, I, I still study like neurosurgery. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. It's really, really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And we also have interesting guests here. We have uh, Guillaume, uh, who I don't know when you hear that it will already be out the podcast and write, write it down. This moment it's not. And suddenly he started singing and, and he's a model. He came because he's a quite successful model. You can see him on Vogue and, and, and famous magazines. Hmm. He worked in China a lot. So, that, okay, I invite him. But then mm -hmm. suddenly Irene told me, hey, ask him to sing. And he was singing like, wow, there's this amazing singer. And then he told me, yeah, but uh, right now I'm studying trading. So uh, trading was uh, <laughs> cryptocurrency and trading was Tesla shares and whatever. It's like, yeah. wow, it's really interesting. And, and this yeah. is what I enjoy about this podcast, you yeah. know, like And this is uh, our, the, part of, uh, the part of our job, right? Like, I feel like the best part of this job and working in this industry is just knowing people who are just so fascinating, yeah. so fascinating with such varied interests, you know, and, and so many great experiences. So, yeah. Absolutely. So I have um, two, two more things before we come to the to the typical questions that I'm serious about uh, or curious about. Sorry, um, because we had thought about okay, what kind of things we can ask you? And um, normally you ask like, okay, what 
what kind of thing inspires you how do you get inspired mm. as in your job right and mm. uh, when we did like a, a briefing talk and i looked into your eyes i, I had like a different different reaction than i normally had mm. so it's like okay stop i will ask that in the podcast because <laughs> there's something here that will may, might surprise us i'm not sure but yeah. tell us well, how did you get do you get inspired for your for your life for your job whatever you do yeah so a lot of people think that because we're makeup artists we pour over Instagram and watch other people's makeup. And I find that um, counter-inspiring, actually. I find that really limiting. So for me, what I find a lot of inspiration is um, it can be anything. Like I did a full beauty editorial inspired by these um, sea snails called nudibranchis, which are these colorful snails that, that are in the bottom of the ocean. If you guys want to check out something crazy, just look at nudibranchis. It's crazy, super colorful, super fun. So that can be, you know, it can be anything. You need to learn how to incorporate all types of art into your art. So it can be a song that transforms into a look you know it can be um i don't know you of course there are things like references from eras and stuff but don't look at people's makeup get off instagram go into books go into art books you know uh look at um i don't know graphic design there are other things in the world that can be so much more inspiring i did a full editorial that was based on the peacock feather and it was the colors of the peacock feather and how it shines and how the shapes are you can you know you can mold everything to makeup it's just a means that you know of of what you're inspired by so i think um Yeah, doing being more open-minded is much better than kind of like oh, like I'm gonna look at eyeliners on Pinterest. It's like yeah, I mean you you could do that, but if <laughs> yeah, you look, then you repeat what everybody has yeah, seen already. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. If you look at the biggest artists like like Pat McGrath, who is one of the biggest makeup artists, who's done all the fashion runway shows, like her looks are so crazy, she couldn't have gotten those inspirations from Pinterest. She must have gotten them from somewhere else, right? Um, so it's it's important to keep your mind open and to go to galleries and to go see movies, whatever you love, you know, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's rock concerts. And I have a friend who does perfumes and he did a series of perfumes based on paintings and you smell the perfume and you look at the painting and you're like, yes, this makes sense, you know. So there is um, a way of... of taking all of your senses and applying it to the visual art of makeup artistry. Wow, from everything you said, I I keep in mind the sea snails <laughs> for inspiration. <laughs> And now I wonder how your makeup looked like. Yeah. What was inspired by sea snails? Can yeah. can I see it on your Instagram or somewhere? Yeah, um, I do have it on my Instagram. And um, What's your I, Instagram? So my Instagram is Arion, E-R-I-O-N. And then it has like the underscore, the little line. Yeah. And it's M-U-A as in makeup artist. Arion M-U-A. Okay. Um, yeah, so we did this um, beautiful dark-skinned girl. And we did this fun, funky liners with with spots and and um kind of like tentacles so it was it was just so much fun and it was all inspired by different photos of these snails and yeah i have a thing for like sea creatures i just love them yesterday was oceans day and i was just pouring over instagram looking at weird sea creatures just so much fun yeah it sounds sounds fun i'm not sure if any model is excited if you tell her <laughs> in this shooting you i'm inspired by a sea snail <laughs> 
to tell you the story because when I when I said to the model, I was like, I have the, you know, I feel like sometimes like the crazy artist, like bang, you know, without the ear and just like, hey, I have this idea and we're gonna do sea snails. And she was like, all right. <laughs> and then I showed her the pictures and I showed her the mood boards and then she was like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I mean, you you are professional. You have a really good portfolio. People trust you. And uh, and that's why I think it's easier for models to just say yes when you yeah. have this kind of proposal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we have heard a lot about your success and, and things that worked well in your life. I think everybody, not only from what they would see, but what you said, how you explain it. Um, I'm very impressed about the level of your uh, like being professional and, and your your thoughts around everything, your values, and it makes it Thank makes totally you. sense that people like you are successful. <laughs> but then even more, I love to hear. We call it, sorry, the fuck-ups. I think, Oof. oh, Apple Podcast will probably cut it out or maybe our editor will have to cut it out. So, <laughs> we'll we'll um, bleep it what, out. What, tell us something like, what went really wrong? I mean, something oh, bad. God. I have one story that I'm so embarrassed by, but I'm going to tell it because it's just too hilarious to let it go. Um, I was not the key artist. Luckily, I was the assistant. Um, and... I we were doing it was just three men it was a commercial uh, thing so I had to take care of one a guy and the other makeup artist took care of the other two so um, the other makeup artist forgot her cape like the thing that we cover the models with so I gave her mine and I was like okay well now I need to cover up my man because something so I was like oh don't worry I have another cape in my shaver kit so that oh, so embarrassing <laughs> that um, so we're in this room the makeup room the clients it was a big ass brand were right behind me there's a big mirror in front and And I'm, you know, I just got to the point where I'm, I'm great. I'm great at my job. I'm going to do this fantastically. I just have to shave this guy's neck a little bit. So I take the extra cape from my bag and I grab it with my two hands. And the left hand feels a little bit bulky, but I didn't care, you know. So this was a freshly washed cape. And I, <laughs> I swoosh it over his head and put it behind his back. And as I look into my hand, there's a pair of my underwear in my oh, hand God. that got stuck <laughs> to the Velcro in the washing machine. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I, I, I swear I've never been that fast. I grabbed the underwear and I pushed it into my backpack and I just smiled all throughout. Nobody noticed. Oh, really? Nobody noticed. But I went bright red. The guy probably thought I fancied him or something. Um, but yeah, that's just one of the things. And I have these things happen to me all the time. Or I was on a big Hollywood production and I now that we have these masks and I couldn't see... And I tripped in front of all of these big Hollywood producers in the middle of the set. I tripped and I fell very badly over some cables. <laughs> and the main actor runs to me like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm fine. It's just my pride. I'm so embarrassed. So these things happen yeah. all the time. And it's just, you know, you have to laugh them off because if you don't, you just feel terrible all the time. And it just makes for a really great story when you're having Absolutely. a beer or a podcast. But Yeah, it, it is. It's But it's still... I mean, your experience are, are kind of human, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like a professional uh, embarrassing thing. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you that I also, uh, yeah, I, I worked in different areas and uh, I love photography as well. So I, I do mm -hmm. some photography jobs from time to time. And when I started uh, and had one of my first like really good models that I would love to work with. So we started working and I did like one an hour of shoot. I had an assistant and uh, then suddenly told me like, um, I think you forgot the memory card. <gasps> 
no. So I was like shooting one hour with this model and like, oh, do this and that. It was exciting. She said, oh, yeah, I feel so good. And, so, da, da. and then suddenly I found out, okay, none oh, of the things no. I did uh, was, I was so nervous about like my first photo shooting gig. And that's embarrassing professionally because, mm -hmm. I mean, how do you look uh, in front of all these people? Of course, my, my assistant was also oh. kind of. Uh, responsible for that because normally he, he also has to double check that yeah. and then the camera had like kind of a defect normally the camera also tells you if you right. don't have your memory card in it right. but I literally had like mm, 200 shots made <gasps> in an hour and a half and nothing was there so oh how God. do you explain now the model like uh, sorry can we repeat everything oh and, no. and I don't know if you get out of this location and the shooting and have nothing so this is uh, also an interesting kind of fuck up and I think it happens to everybody it and to uh, everyone. you have to find out like how to get around it. Oh, you know what? Um, and what happens a lot, I think, to makeup artists is forgetting something from your kit when you're cleaning, like you put it out. I've luckily never w gone without my brushes because if I would go, oh, that would be hard. But like I've forgotten basic things like mascara and I'm like, well, now I have to use whatever I have in my kit to create mascara, you know? So you really need to kind of learn to mix things in your kit. and. You know what? Honestly, those are the moments that the best things happen. And you're like, oh, my God, I didn't know I could do this with this, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, exactly. yeah, you have to improvise. Yeah, oh. that, that's the thing. And that's, oh. I mean, that's part of the learning process. This was at the beginning. If you then kind of uh, have an attitude, turn it around, let everybody feel cool. Yeah. And at the end, I mean, also in my case, everybody was happy because we did some good shots. Yeah. But it happens, and I think it's part it of the game. And, and at the end, it's a good story to tell in a podcast or to your friends oh, with yeah. a beer. It's, oh, it's yeah. part of life. You're not only professionals everything like perfect we, mm -hmm. we are human beings mm -hmm. and everybody else and absolutely we, and we can do quite bad you, sometimes yeah if you can <laughs> laugh it off people usually are very appreciative it's it's you know peep happens i'm not gonna say yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> peep happens okay now um we come to the to the end mm -hmm. looking at irene again she's saying yes okay great so two more things mm -hmm. one is the question from another guest to you and you a question to another guest I start with a question you get from another oh, guest. I think perfect. it's a quite nice question. We have had harder questions in the, in the podcast right. that are more tricky to answer. So um, the guest who had this question was asking, if you could choose a superpower, mm -hmm. what would you choose and why? I'm going to be super corny here, but I would love to have the power of healing because it... Um, you know, being a makeup artist, a big part is being a psychologist. Nobody really tells you this part of the job, but like people open up on your chair. And sometimes I just feel people that are just so sad and so broken. And I, if I could just, you know, touch them and they would heal, that would be amazing. That would be great. I try to do it, but, you know, unfortunately, it's just a massage. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's probably, it is a superpower you have. I mean, uh, 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 to be honest, I really want to go to a session with you as a makeup artist now because you, you said it two, three times and the way you said it, mm. it's, it sounds like very confident because you probably got a lot of feedback and you saw mm. like how people melt yeah. uh, in your hands and yeah. they kind of got not nervous anymore, they got mm. comfortable and then they're ready for the big shoot because yeah. you made the magic, you have the superpower to do that. Hmm. The, people can see it on my Instagram like I, I post videos of, of doing massages on models because it's so funny to see them and that's why Ben and Louie love me so much because they ah, know that at the end trick. Of, yeah they know that at the end of a long if you do like two three days like the last day I always give the, the team like short face massages just to okay. you know to l release the tension and to celebrate alright what's your question 
yeah, my question is, give me a second, let me just turn on my phone. So my question is, what is the worst piece of advice that you've ever got? Oh, wow, that's good. <laughs> I'm sure there has been quite a few. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah. We got very good advice from you. Thank I you very much. So. I think uh, I was, I mean, makeup, as you said, is, is, is for male and female, uh, mm. more, more than maybe in the past. But still, it's a topic that most of the women in this podcast will be very happy that you gave yeah. advice. Yeah. And um, so I say thank you to you, which brings thank me to the you. last topic, saying thank you and being grateful for something. Mm. We collaborate with a wonderful project called SoHappy.org. Mm -hmm. And um, always at the end of the podcast, we ask our guests to say thank you to somebody because we support that idea behind this project where um, the concept is that being grateful makes yourself happy and the person that you show your gratefulness. And uh, we often think, thank you, we think, wow, that was really good that this person helped me, whatever. Mm. And maybe said this quick, like, thank you. But mm -hmm. um, I think we should take the time and really go back to this person and say, hey, you know what? whatever you did for me at this time it was really it meant something to me thank you very much mm -hmm. because it encourages the people to do that more but also it makes them very happy and yourself mm -hmm. it's a, also a selfish thing if you are yeah. happy if you remember every day what you're grateful for you're a happier person and we want you to make want you to want to make you happier and yeah. we want to help this project so minushappy.org where you can also anybody who listens that can just go there grab a video, say thank you to somebody on the mobile and upload it to this page, put a name and an email you want to send it to and they oh, deliver it to that person and they surprise this person with a thank you. So um, you can do that after the podcast, oh, but you yeah. have the chance now in front That's of so nice. the audience to say thank you to somebody and I say bye-bye, um, thank you very much because the last word should be yours hmm. and we want to hear your gratefulness. I, I think that's such a great initiative. I try to practice gratitude every morning under the blue Barcelona sky. I think it's incredibly important. So I try to do this on my own as well. So I don't know, this person probably has heard me say it before, but I, I can't stop saying thank you. So this thank you goes to my physiotherapist. His name is Carlos. If you guys need a physiotherapist, I'm going to put one last handle in there. It's called Balance Balance on Instagram. And he has saved my hand and my shoulder and my back countless times and has helped me get back to work when I thought that I will not be able to pick up a makeup brush or a hairbrush and he's just made me feel much more conscious about my body about how I work and about how to take care of myself so thank you Carlos you are incredible and that was all for today don't forget to rate the episode if you liked it and stay tuned for what's coming next it sound right boys